0: Deus, the having a fantastic day so uh this is technically and uh, this is kind of weird Uh, somebody somebody joked the last time i did this that this is for my free level patrons um but occasionally i'll do a patreon stream and i'll kind of just make it public and just let people know that i do this uh sort of extra stream thing um about once a month i'd say uh well I do an extra patron stream every week, but I make it public. Uh, I try to do it like once a month where I make it public and and stuff so people uh, know about it. The other times I'll provide like clips. But um, if you do want these extra streams, I take requests. Uh, I kind of I try to take every single request. If you're a 25 plus patron others, I I, uh, take it as much as I can. But, yeah, you can, you can get access to all of these. You can ask me to bank um, videos because I have uh, I have to figure out a topic uh, once a week. And this happened to actually be a week where uh, nobody asked for a topic. So I kind of had to figure out one myself. And uh, I've been going over um, Summa Contra again. And I was in Chapter 13 and I was reading through it. And I thought that this was actually a really uh, good summary of... The argument that Aristotle gives at the end of the physics, which St. Thomas uh, has a commentary on Aristotle's physics. So when you there's like a a bunch of lectures at the end of the physics where St. Thomas is going into very um, deep detail, uh, very intricate detail, I guess would be a better word uh, into. Uh, the arguments of Aristotle from motion uh, for the existence of God. So, actually, if you if you wanted just like the most comprehensive account of the existence of God from Saint Thomas Aquinas, uh, chapter thirteen of book of book one of Summa Contra Gentiles is a pretty good spot. Um, but also, uh, the best spot is going to be the end of the physics, uh, if if you see just the massive length of ink that he spills on this question it's it's really fantastic but i i wanted to um do a topic that'd be interesting uh and people are always interested in uh thinking about uh, arguments for the existence of god uh way long ago i did a pretty uh deep study of existence of god i actually kind of want to loop back here in the next few months and go at it again uh maybe actually uh, produce some more stuff about that topic so if you if you want me to do more about these topics uh become a patron uh, because that's how um you can influence what i do so uh, just checking the live chat real quick papist hub reference based okay so um i actually made a fun little slideshow so there's gonna be two arguments Uh, in chapter 13 the second one has more to do with uh, actually there's technically like four arguments just the last two are just mentioned in passing so the the second argument has more to do with the eternality of the world which we don't really need to worry about right now but the first one uh is almost identical to the first argument that you get in the summa except uh, he draws out the propositions and the proofs of each one of them in a little bit more detail. So uh, I'm just covering the first one. Um, so I, I made a fun little flowchart to kind of explain it. Uh, and I actually have my summa contra open over here. So if I if I look over here and start reading something, that's what I'm doing. Uh, Exactly, I have my physical copy out right now. So he, he, in just stating the argument, this is what he says: the first way is as follows. Whatever is in motion is moved by another. Now it is clear to the sense that something is in motion, e.g., the sun. Therefore, it is in motion by something else moving it. Now that which moves it is either itself moved or not. If it is not moved, then the point is proved that we must postulate an immovable mover, and this we call God. If, uh, if however, it be moved. It is moved by another mover. Either, therefore, we must proceed to infinity or we must come to an immovable mover. But it's not possible to proceed to infinity. Therefore, it is necessary to postulate an immovable mover. And This is really the, the most evident argument uh, for the existence of God. Uh, this is what St. Thomas says in uh, the Summa. He's going to say this is the kind of the most evi- uh, evident, obvious. It's not the most profound, but it, uh, it, it kind of gets the job done. Um, and it's it's just a popular uh, sort of bread and butter argument. <clears throat> but I just like the way he states it here, actually. And i I, I made a little uh, I made a little flow chart here. So uh, if it helps you kind of visualize the argument, I found that to be helpful for me when I was writing my notes. I made a little uh, written chart. So he's gonna have two assumptions here. Uh, when when he starts this argument, and these are assumptions I think we can all uh, agree upon. If somebody wants to disagree with one of the assumptions, uh, we can talk about that. But the first uh, assumption is going to be that things are in motion, and I want and uh, I want you to notice. And I wrote a little note down there. He explains this in the tenth paragraph, um, and then this is something that the Thomas explain a lot. But by motion, uh, Saint Thomas doesn't mean um, like how we think of sort of physical uh movement like this pen is in motion uh from here to there no he would include things like my thought uh me me going from not thinking something to thinking something that would be a that would be a movement so by movement all he means is uh going from potency to act so potentially something to actually something so going from cold to hot would be a movement and um (laughs) And I, I wrote a note there that if if you're currently reading this, you are in motion. Um, no matter what you're doing, even if you're thinking about what I'm doing it and not reading, you're just kind of like shutting your eyes and, and trying not to move at all. You're just still in motion uh, because all movement means is going from potency to act because you're thinking about what I'm saying right now. So you right now uh, are in movement. So things are in motion. This is, this is something which is obvious, uh, universal. Um, to even question it is... Uh, is itself seeding the point that motion exists. So the second proposition uh, that we're going uh, to start out with is that things moved are moved by another. Things which are moved are moved by another. Nothing moves itself. This is why we, and and I want also uh, to note the second thing, is that uh, by moved, again, we mean going from potency to act this is why paragraph 10 is going to be so important, because Aristotle and Plato are going to have two different ways of describing uh, motion. So Plato is going to say that God is in motion, where Aristotle is going to say that God is immobile. Now, the reason for this is because they have different uh, definitions of motion. Uh, Plato is going to take motion in a broad sense, uh, just as any sort of operation. And Aristotle is going to take it in its proper sense, that is moving from potency to act. So we meet when we say that God is the um, unmoved mover, <clears throat> and when we say that God is immobile, <clears throat> we are basically saying that God is pure act. That's all we're saying. Um, so th- this kind of uh, stops the sort of Reddit tier uh, response where it's like, well, if God is uh, if God moves, then he must be moved. Well, that's not what we say. We're saying that things in motion, that is, things which are moved, that is, things which are mobile, and we're saying that God is immobile. Okay, that that all makes sense? Okay, good. So, um, kind of going to the flowchart to to look over at the the broad argument sort of thing. The first thing he's going to say is that, uh, is basically the question, is the thing in motion moved by something which is moved or not moved? So we have, for example, uh, I'll use corporeal motion uh, just because it's uh, easier to conceptualize, but remember, this works with motion of any sorts, including things like intellectual uh, motion. So like this pen, boom, moves over here, this pen moves over here, this movement of the pen. Now, what is moving this pen? Is it something which is um, itself moved or is it something which is not moved? Now, if you say it's something which is not moved, then you have um you have proved that uh with that uh agreement that there's something which is immobile uh, which puts everything else into motion and therefore we have already proven we need to prove because that's where we're going to start when we draw forth all of the attributes of god uh, something which is immobile that is something which is immutable now if you say it's something which is uh moved uh, you're going to have a moved mover moving this pen, which is true. It's just my arm. My arm's a moved mover, moving this pen. Now, uh, you can ask the question on there, is my arm that moved mover? Is that eventually moved by first, or is it not eventually moved by first? Because if my arm's a moved mover, uh, we can ask the same question about my arm as we ask about the pen, that we can go on and on and on. So if we say that it is moved by a first, then we're going to agree with the uh, unmoved mover. And therefore we, we get what we get. And uh, on the other hand, we can uh, say that it's not. And uh, there, there's no uh, first who is uh, immobile yet putting others in motion. So in this, we're going to have an infinite regress in what's said to be a per se subordinated series, which I'll get into what a per, per se versus a per accident subordinated series is. because This is another one of those like, um, unfortunately, a lot of Thomists are going to uh, be a bit wrong about this. And they're going to describe the wrong type of series, which is going to run into some problems. Um, so, yeah, this, that that is something else we're going to have to explain Later, what the difference between a per accidents and a per se subordinated series is. So it's going to be our contention um, that this is impossible, that to have a infinite regress in a per se subordinated series is impossible. So we're going to need to prove two things. Uh, First, we need to prove that whatever is in motion is moved by another. And I think um, basically everybody, uh, once I explain the terms, everybody's going to agree to this. Uh, and I don't think um, you have know, many people that are going to disagree uh, just because for most people, like they're going to see inductively when they look around themselves, like, oh, everything in motion is just moved by another. We can ask what put that in motion. Um, and we're not not having these like little uh, sparks of unmoved movers uh, around in the world or um, self really what uh, really self movers uh, in the world. Um, and then second, we're going to have to prove that an infinite regress in a per se subordinated series is impossible, which is going to be the bit of a, uh, of a more difficult one. Usually when you put forth this argument, most people are going to try to, uh, bite the bullet and say that the infinite regress is possible. Although some people, um, are going to try to posit some sort of, um, uh, so-called existential inertia, uh, to where, um, uh, essay or actus ascendi uh, is, is unparticip- unparticipated, I guess is the re- uh, best way. It's unparticipated and it doesn't need to have um, an initial uh, oomph uh, into it, I guess is the best way of, uh, of um, expressing that. But really, we're, we're going through the basic argument right now. So that's all secondary. Okay, so the first assumption. He treats uh, he treats it with three proofs. He's going to treat both with three proofs, but I'm just going to grab one of them. Uh, and this is kind of just to, to get you to read it himself. Don't just like watch this video and then not read uh, what I said. You're kind of wasting your time if you're doing that. So the first assumption, he's going to prove it in the fifth through the tenth paragraphs. And he's gonna prove it with three proofs. The first one is uh, gonna be the most difficult. Uh, The second one is one by uh, induction. And I found the third one to be the easiest to uh, explain and grasp, so that's the one I'm gonna use. So to be moved, uh, we've already defined motion as going from potency to act uh, by a mover. So going from potency to act by one that is uh, in act. So that's just the definition of motion, going from potency to act. And then uh, the minor premise is that potency and act cannot be attributed to the same thing in the same sense. This is just the law of non-contradiction. And therefore we're gonna have to conclude that the thing which is moved does not move itself because it's going to both have to be in potency to motion and in act to that same motion to bring about the the actuality of that motion. So it's gonna, if you're gonna try to uh, posit if you're going to try to disagree with that assumption, then you're going to fall into uh, into some trouble. I think the most interesting, uh, if I if I were to like try to um, myself get out of this argument and uh, impiously deny the existence of God, I would I would honestly try to just deny that motion exists. I think that would be the easiest way of going about it. Um, but not 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 to give not to give atheists any sort of uh, um ammunition but i think that's the i think once you uh, agree with motion um all you really need to do is express uh the argument clearly and it uh, will follow to anybody who's um fixed on it okay so the second of second assumption is going to be that an infinite regress in per se subordinated series is wrong uh or impossible <laughs> really i don't know why i said wrong it's impossible so uh as a beginning note you have to know the distinction between a per se ordered series and a per accidents ordered series. So St. Thomas, he'll give the fun example of, um, let's say you have a, uh, a man which is swinging a hammer to like uh, on an anvil to make swords and he breaks the hammer, gets another hammer and keeps pounding, breaks a hammer, gets another hammer, keeps pounding, breaks the hammer. Um, and then a, a per accidents, uh, ordered series is going to be the relationship between all those individual hammers uh, going all the way back. Or another example, uh, which this one might be a little bit clearer, but can also provide some uh, issues, uh, is the relationship between father uh, and then son. Like, and that, that one as well as a per-accidents ordered series, because technically uh, when it comes to the um, union of form and matter uh, for the individual. Um, fetus it's going to be something which is directly um, directly brought about by God so um, which uh, I'm just explaining uh, uh, this difference to people that already uh, agree with the existence of God uh, by by way of that but if you don't agree with the existence of God you can take the anvil on so um, when it comes to a per se ordered series uh, it's kind of like, Uh, The the best way to express it is if you have like, um, I don't know, my microphone. My microphone is um, dependent on its arm, which is dependent on being attached to my desk, which is dependent on the uh, earth, which is dependent on the sun. So having this direct sort of dependence, that's a per se ordered series. So you see in this little chart uh, right there that I put on the side, that's from Austin Woodbury. Um, if you have like, uh, for example, a man uh, with a staff hitting a stone, uh, the stone, or or I guess a, uh, a stone's being held up by the staff. So the stone is dependent on the staff, which is dependent on the hand, which is dependent on the arm, which is dependent on the nerves, which is dependent on the motor center, on the will, which is, um, since we believe in pr- uh, promotion, dependent on God. So that's the difference between a per se and a per accidents um, series. Per accidents series can go back and forward in time. And actually, um, it's St. Thomas's opinion that you can have an infinite regress in a per accidents ordered series. So like this sort of um, low tier uh, argument uh, that you'll get from some uh, so-called Thomists. That it's going to be like, oh, well, if you have uh, that guy created that thing and that thing, that thing and that thing and that thing going back in time, like you can't have an infinite uh, series going back in time. Well, it's like, well, actually St. Thomas kind of thinks that you can. (laughs) So uh, we're only talking about per se uh, ordered series. So you have this sort of relationship of direct dependence rather than um, a sort of independent uh, or possibly independent a relationship, which can uh, go back infinitely in time, according to St. Thomas, it's possible. So um, so to prove uh, this, uh, that you cannot have this infinite regress in a per se subordinated series, uh, Saint, I'm going to take St. Thomas's third proof, uh, just like I did last time, although there are two previous ones. So in, a, in this uh, per se subordinated series, each of the moved movers is an instrumental mover. So it's gonna communicate movement. Uh, so for example, uh, we look at our little chart right there. The nerves is gonna communicate something from the motor center and then to the arm. And it's directly dependent on what comes previously to it. Now that which communicates movement has it from another. Uh, this is going to be pretty obvious. Thus, none of the instrumental move, uh, movers have it of themselves. I'm just drawing forth the definition more clearly. Therefore, the entire series of movers which do not have movement. Therefore, the entire series is of movers which do not have movement of themselves. Again, this is pretty obvious. If we're looking at this per se, a subordinated series, obviously uh, not going back to prime calls or movement uh, movement that's god we look at the staff the hand the arm the nerves the motor center the will all of these things are um instrumental movers they all every single one of them do not have movement of themselves but rather uh from something else and we already we already proved uh in the last one in the first assumption um that the none of these things can move themselves Uh, that's, that's what we already proved in the first assumption. So we've already X'd out that, uh, that option to just say, well, I think the will just moves itself. And then it leads to the motor center, the nerves, the arm, the hand, the staff. Well, you've already agreed that the will, uh, from this first assumption that the will doesn't move itself. So none of these things are going to have movement of themselves. And then, uh, the final uh, premise is going to be that the multiplication of those who lack movement of themselves will not. Uh, result in one uh, which does so uh, no matter how many of these uh, these instrumental causes you stack up uh, you're not going to eventually result in one uh, one which all of a sudden has it of himself and the the illustration for this uh, my favorite one is actually from uh, Lagrange he says like an infinite number of idiots does not make one genius Um, because in the what that what's that supposed to that's supposed to illustrate that an infinite number of um things which don't have something can all of a sudden uh just because you keep multiplying it have it and i, I think a better example would be like an uh, an infinite number of empty glasses does not have it's uh, not give you water uh, you need a full glass to get water so if you had um i guess we could you know like one of those cascading water things uh, I, I think I, I think I can make this illustration work as a per se, a subordinated series You have your infinite little uh, thing of uh, water glasses, where you, have, you ever see those where, you know, it's like kind of like the, the champagne tray thingies where it, where it goes down. Um, if you have an infinite number of those communicating the water uh, down glass by glass by glass. And you're saying each one of these glasses does not have water of itself. If you're going to posit water, you're eventually going to have to posit one uh, which is going to have water of itself to be able to communicate down the stream, if you get what I'm saying. And then uh, I give give another image right here. It's like if you you had an infinitely long stream and then you have no spring, uh, which feeds the stream as its source. You can keep stretching out the stream as long as you want, but if you don't have a source uh, which has um, the water of itself... And able to uh, start the stream you're not going to be able to get water so that that's uh that's what a per se subordinated series uh, is and it can't have an infinite regress and then um sylvester ferrara uh, he has a good quote which i think kind of sums up exactly what i was saying he says if there are several movers and things moved in which there is no unmoved first the whole multitude of movers will function as one mover of the moved However, this is impossible, because then something would be moved and not moved by anything. For that multitude would not be moved initially by itself, as nothing moves itself primarily, as we already proved in the first assumption. It is not because one part that is not moved moves the other part, as no unmoved mover is posited there. Nor is it because one moved part moves another, as the aggregate composed of them has the nature of the moved. And thus needs something else by which it is moved. So that's in, in complicated language uh, what I just said. Okay, so that's all that I have for you guys. I hope you all uh, enjoyed that. Uh, and remember uh, to become a patron. Uh, we we just unfortunately lost one of uh, one of our best patrons. Uh, it's not it's not sad. It's not like he was mad at us or anything. Uh, he's he's going on to a new stage in his life. So. I'm actually pretty excited about that. So it's it's bittersweet um, because he also will not be able to, like, contact us. Uh, at least I'm assuming he won't be able to contact us. Uh, he's kind of going to be off, uh, like, the Discord sort of realm soon, which is unfortunate. But, you know, life moves on. So uh, if you, if you uh, have the means to become a patron to make up for uh, that loss this month, that'd be great. So... Thank you guys all and God bless.